Welcome back to Beards and Brews. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell so you know when we have another one brewing. This week's movie is going to be Roadhouse. Fellas, Roadhouse. 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 I, I can say <laughs> that I've seen this movie a lot of fucking times. Like, a lot. And rewatching it, you know, for the cast with, you know, the scrupulous eye or whatever that we have put <laughs> to these films. I was, I can't say appalled, but extremely <laughs> amused at how fucky this movie is. Oh, fucky is such a good word because <laughs> we discussed earlier, like, I have some vivid memories of this movie, and they're good, and everything is kind of fuzzy, and watching this and finding all the connective tissue, I'm just like, how am I supposed to feel about any of this? Yeah, I'd heard a little bit about this movie, and I've sort of seen scenes in the background here or there, but this is the first time I've given it a true, earnest watch. And I'll be honest with you, the first half was not as fucky as I expected it to be, but then the second half surely lived up to the, the amount of fucky that I was expecting. We've got 45 minutes of this movie finished. Gotta make up for that first half of non-fuckiness. Exactly. Much like the quote that Dalton says to, to Tillman, it'll get worse before it gets better. But then again, also quote Dalton, opinions vary. Well, uh, shit. I don't know. I think we might all be on a, about the same page here. <laughs> well, absolutely. This movie is just an explosive good time. In the second half, literally an explosive good time. <laughs> Also, this is one of the most actually 80s movies that I've ever seen. Uh, it came out in 1989, but boy, 1989 in the Midwest was like 1985 everywhere else, I feel like. Because it oh, is yeah. just like core Midwestern fucking 80s. We'll get to it, but even like when Patrick Swayze walks into the bad guy's mansion, he legitimately walks into the set of Scarface. Yes. yes, you know. Yes, it is fucking Patrick Swayze, Chippendales versus Scarface. <laughs> Chippendales, rip in peace, Chris Farley. But like, even from the opening scene, you get that fucking gorgeous Ferrari Testarossa pulling up. Mm. You're like, man, yeah. that is peak '80s. Man, that is magnum. The only thing that outclasses the '80s essence that is oozing from the vehicles and just the overall vibe is the sheer amount of mullets. <laughs> There's a lot of mullets. The men's ha the men have mullets. The women's have mullets. They they all have mullets. It's a wonder like Swizzy didn't just walk in and just be like rule number one: get that shit cut because we're all business. Oh, no partying in the back, especially <laughs> you, Mister Mister Dude that likes to fuck on your break. Oh, <laughs> break. Yeah, exactly. But this movie, like at its core, is extremely simple. I was actually pleased of like the pacing and everything, and just how well the action played out. But yeah, like whenever there's a uh, a brawl per se, it's fucking enjoyable to watch. Patrick Swayze is a tiny little dude, and I say that being a guy who is literally the same size as Patrick Swayze, and to watch him fight uh, people like Terry Funk, WWE yeah. superstar, and just I did not know Terry it. Funk was in this. Yeah, he's the one that gets punched in the dick, I think. No, no, before, <laughs> no. Like, before I watched this, I had no idea Terry Funk was in it. Shows up at the bar. Holy shit, that's Terry Funk. There's a couple of people that just kind of pop up, too. You got um, Keith David just randomly in the movie, too. For all of 10 seconds. I saw Keith David on the, the IMDb cast. I never saw him once in the movie. Who was he? Random bartender. He's like, yep. you want me to pull you a shot? Or do oh, you want me to call the police? And then that's it. Yeah. That was and Keith David? Yeah, then he yeah. just spends the rest of the movie fighting with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper in the alley in the back. I was going to say, because they just kind of like blur him into the background. He's always out of focus back there doing something. 
<laughs> well, you know what? He does a great job anyway. Keith David, get at us. Is he dead? He's dead. No, he? no, no. He's not dead. What? Okay. <laughs> He's not dead. Well, oh. erase that then. Yeah, I feel Look. like Keith David is like one of those guys that we just keep coming after like repeatedly. Like he's like the he's like Arnold or uh, I don't know. There's probably not anyone else like Keith David that we've we've talked about. He's like one of the best character actors ever. So. But yeah, this fucking movie. All right. They run a, <laughs> a rowdy bar and they need yep. Patrick fucking buck 60 five, <laughs> five nine Patrick Swayze to come in and get rid of these six foot four. 280 pound men and by god does he do it yeah you fucking know it most of the time yeah i mean if this movie wasn't called roadhouse i'd be okay with the title manhandler because that's <laughs> all he does because like yeah he goes from place to place he's the best of the best of the best sir minus sam elliott and he just goes around and cleans up bars and stuff easy yeah, peasy he's kind of like this i'm not going to say world renowned but he's this renowned bouncer so it's just like people are coming out of the woodwork trying to recruit him. Like, yeah, yeah I got this. Uh, I got this bar down in Jasper. It's a real, it's a real bad place. It's a dirty place. You know, uh, you should come and and be my dude. Clean it up for me. The dude's worth his weight in gold. That buck sixty. Because like this is eighty nine <laughs> or eighty eight when they were filming the movie, mm-hmm. and the dude straight up is throwing numbers at the fella. He's like, listen, five grand up front, five hundred dollars a night until business is done. And the guy doesn't even flinch. He's like, got it. Well, the guy just like came into a lot of money, so he's just like, "Yeah, I'll throw money at my problems; it'll get it done." But at the end, mo money, mo problems. Roadhouse. Facts. Now, Patrick Swayze gets cut, doesn't react, fucking immediately walks in the back. The guy's like, "Come work for me," and he delivers a whopper of a line. When should like, I expect you? <laughs> Don't. I'll just fucking be there. <laughs> <laughs> He walks into his office while he uh, fucking Patrick Swayze is like sewing up his own arm. Yeah. And like he's I get that, you know, on the job, you can't be like friendly, friendly, just like customer service friendly. And the guy comes like, hey, I'm Mr. Rich guy. I want to hire you. He's like, I don't know you. (laughs) What gets me is on this rewatch, I did not one single time ever view Patrick Swayze. As a tough guy. Not fucking once. I was always like, is he kind of being a little punk? Mm. And uh, he, I don't know, there's I, all kinds of stuff. Like, he calls his buddy to come help him because he can't handle his own shit. But he's got too much pride to walk away and it ends up backfiring. I don't know. It just, he didn't seem tough to me. Okay, like he didn't seem like a tough customer, but he definitely felt confident. You know, like, he may not be the baddest guy out there, but, like, he can just handle the situation. Because that's just oh. what he does. So watching, I'm not like, oh, he's like Billy Badass. I'm just like, okay, he's there to do his thing. And when he does, I'm just like, all right, this guy's cool. When he's doing his thing, he flips a switch. And I don't know who copied who, but he is exactly like Steven Seagal when he's in a fight. It's not like, let me punch and kick you. It goes from zero to a thousand. Like the one guy tries to hit him and he's like, nope. And puts his head through the fucking table. Oh, yeah, yeah. lifts him up and escorts him out kindly. He walked the guy out after he made him eat a table. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> it, so, it was so over the top. Not like, you know, arm wrestling or anything. But he, like everybody else in this movie, has one move. Pull out a ridiculously large knife. Yes. <laughs> now, the size and location of the knife may vary, but <laughs> yeah. the intent is the same. 
Yeah, there are a lot of a lot of just fight brawl scenes. This is a bar fight movie, so there's a lot of them. Mm. And in just about all of them, there's a knife that comes out. But one thing I want to talk about is like the actual fighting. There's a lot of just like all right, screen pan back, see chaos, that kind of thing. Yeah. Very like blazing saddles or something goofy <laughs> like that. But when they have two men on the screen fighting like more or less one on one, it's very like kung fu. It's very Steven kind Seagal, of. just like you yeah. said. And I feel like it's a little bit stiff for the most oh, part. Oh, it's definitely stiff. Like the punches are like if you had a wrestling figure and his arms only bent at the elbows, that's mm-hmm. exactly how they throw mm-hmm. punches. Just like mm-hmm. if you had the toy going psh, psh, psh. Especially I, the uh, the like main uh, not bad not the main bad guy but the main like goon the guy that's always dressed in black and kind of giving yeah. Patrick Swayze a little bit of fuck me eyes though that guy dude they're oh, bromance sure. disgusting for sure yeah, like well like one of them was in the bromance the other one Patrick Swayze <laughs> dude talking about shit being stiff when Patrick Swayze <laughs> is throwing his little fit of anger in the barn in his fucking gray sweats and he's punching that punching bag then he climbs up a rope to punch another punching bag <laughs> i mean you know you have to be prepared for anything like kicking ass on the first and second floors of a building the choreography or whatever he's doing just looks mm. so fucking bad know. he's trying to throw these spin kicks and they just look so bad he just looks like a kid throwing a tantrum i think it looks more natural it's not like movie fight it's just like bar fight you know i kind of appreciated that because like everything well not everything but a lot of stuff just looked real like i feel like these aren't like potato punches like some of these fellas are like getting knocked around pretty hard yeah it's not like he's a guy you know fighting in ufc this is a guy that has a philosophy degree (laughs) yes and that is be nice that's his philosophy yeah yes nice i dug it i like his little three rule philosophy like yeah shit's gonna hit the fan and we probably won't be ready for everything but like listen keep it on the dl let's take care of it outside can't take care of it outside guess what i got your back yeah yeah that's that's not bad i guess but here's a question eric what if he calls my mama a whore is your mama what? a whore yeah is she god damn it that, oh, that dude that he dude, got me there i walked right into it he's yeah, like, <laughs> like a tea kettle he just immediately like he just starts boiling over Oh, shit. Dalton is now at the Double Deuce, and they do a fun little thing with the Double Deuce throughout the movie. Whenever we first get to see it, it is literally Old West Saloon, caged-off musician, getting beer bottles smashed against it, uh, leftover beer spittle spraying upon him while the blind musician plucks away his guitar, singing some pretty good fucking music. And we have Phil Paxton working the cash register. Oh, Phil Paxton, right, right, right. He's, uh, he's, uh, you know, like Dick Van Dyke's brother, Bill Murray's brother, that guy. Yeah, it looks just like Bill Paxton if Bill Paxton lived in a trailer. <laughs> oh, well, he did in True Lies. Yeah, I was thinking uh, True Lies, he lived in that trailer, and man, he has some confusing thoughts about 10-year-old boys. Oh, man. Well, this guy's got some, some confusing thoughts, too, because while Dalton is out panning around to try to figure shit out, this guy's stealing money off the fucking till. Yeah, just, like, skimming off the top. He's not even clever about it. Like, when somebody pays, he just, like, takes the top bill and just pockets it. I'm like, come on. How does nobody see that? It took Patrick Swayze's detective skills of leaning (laughs) on some lumber and just looking to his left to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, like, pretty much everybody that works in this bar, the double deuce, is a a double deuce. No, that's, that, don't say that, don't say that. 
You talking uh, about the double douche? Yeah, damn uh, it, it is. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much everybody that works in this bar is shitty, and they most of them get fired immediately. Yeah, they're all yeah. greasy. They're all fucked in the head in some fashion or another. And they're either stealing money or dealing drugs or like I don't know, fucking in the back room. Me. <laughs> too That's too a, goddamn mean. Yeah, in that same scene where we're talking about like his rules or whatever, he just like you stay, you fuck off, you stay, and you fuck off. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, and fuck <laughs> <Exactly>. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now he's got the double douche under his sway. And Please. this is the fun little thing that I was talking about. When we first see it, it's that saloon style shit, and then the next time we see it, it's a little bit better, a little bit yeah. more appealing and throughout the movie as it goes on it gets renovated like four or five times until finally it looks like just an early 90s like something you would have seen on saved by the bell yeah you're right it ends up going from like ponderosa to miami vice pretty quick (laughs) oh man ponderosa though Mm -hmm. that salad bar and you know it's a pretty cool transition because at the beginning you have the owner of the bar who like all he does is just kind of like ungraffiti graffiti or whatever (laughs) Yes. Changes like, for a good fuck to for a good Buick. <laughs> a Buick. I mean, I think the Buick cool. is worse. Now, anyway. Ha- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what's happening plot wise, gentlemen? Not a whole lot. Like, there's a whole lot of little scenes in this movie that you get a chuckle out of. But plot, again, it really doesn't start until about halfway through when you really, really run into the uh, the antagonist, the big, bad, like rich. What's his name? Wesley of the town. Oh, man, there's not not a tougher name than Wesley. I can tell you that right now. Oh, jeez. But that's the start of the feud between Wesley and him, I guess, whenever uh, he starts running the double deuce. And Wesley likes to let his lady go in there and just act the fuck up because she's got, like, some super mean bodyguard guy that's overly gay. Like, it's it's, it's not even in a rude way. This guy is just angry gay. Just no, like, over in the closet. Gangry. That's what he is. <laughs> like, in the beginning, I was like, man, those those are supposed to be angry eyes, but they look like fuck me eyes. And as we go on, he gives this, like, stare that lingers just a little bit too long each time they communicate. And then towards the end, we have that one line, and you know what I'm talking about, that just oh, confirms man. everything no. we've been thinking. That that'll We'll get to that, because that's yeah. legitimately gold on celluloid i mean jesus i guess but like whenever he but, drops that line all you can do is go what why yeah exactly just the whole movie <laughs> stops even patrick swayze who's in a headlock it's like excuse me <laughs> but yeah patrick swayze is like looking hard at people and that guy's just hard <laughs> now he drives into town in this really nice fucking buick <laughs> in this bmw and on the mercedes yeah, it's a Mercedes. I don't fucking know. Anyways, he has a <laughs> nice car, and he goes and buys a junker and some spare tires because he knows everyone's going to fuck up his car, and he wants the junker to take the worst of it. A very cool thing. Like, this guy is absolutely prepared, but I I just love how overly nonchalant he is about his property being destroyed. Like, every night, he walks out to something ridiculous down that car. He just puts his hands on his hips, and he's like, dang those fellas. 
Yeah, there's also like a scene in the beginning that I feel like doesn't have anything to do with really anything at all, where he's just driving after he leaves the first bar that he's working at, and he tosses the keys of the car that he's driving then to like a, a man that's just like sitting in a chair on the sidewalk, mm. and is like, uh, yeah, keep it. I mean, I find it useful because, you know, when he buys the new car and gets all the stuff and he's prepared, like, you know, he has the nice car. That's his car. That's his baby. That's the one thing he keeps. Everything else is doesn't matter. He'll just Wait, get a new okay. junker. I think yeah. I just got it. I think I just got it. So that's the junker or whatever that he was using for his current job. Yeah, so he didn't need like, it anymore. He's like, fuck, he probably doesn't even have the pink slip for it. He's like, I paid like a buck fifty for this thing. Here you go, chap. Okay, that makes more sense. With this junker, he needs to get some windshield wipers. And man, we get introduced to my absolute favorite character, Red Webster. Is that his name? Yes. He is the owner of the auto shop, been in this town forever. And he's just so over life that he's got those fucking lines that just make you laugh. Because whenever he uh, <laughs> Swayze walks in, he goes, well, you're going to be here very long? And he goes, no, nope, not at all. And he goes, that's what I said 25 years ago. Really? What happened? <laughs> oh, you see, I got married to an ugly woman. Don't ever do that. It just takes the energy right out of you. She left me, though, found someone even uglier than she was. That's yeah. not who can explain it. <laughs> just, so he's so he's basically just like the rundown Quint of the town. He's like, ah, yes. fuck it. But yeah, Swayze rolls into town. He gets uh, he makes best friends with the fella and everything. He's like, so like, uh, how's town life? He's like, oh, this one guy is getting super rich, and we're all just pretty much fucked. Yeah, no kidding. Like, uh, we have like a little incident a little bit later where he sees that he's getting or he has been gotten robbed or something. And it's like, what happened? Oh, it happens of about once a week. Uh, old guy comes in and roughs me up a little bit and takes ten percent off the top. And, like, I know he's just trying to, like, be whatever about it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like the mob. They kind of rough me up a little bit. They take 10% off the top. Fine, whatever. But, like, Swayze comes back, like, the next night. And the place is fucking destroyed. And they do this weekly? For real, though. It's ridiculous. But this keeps going on, and there's these intermittent squabbles between Jimmy Pesto and Bob's Burgers. <laughs> as they compete to see who's the no best kidding. person across the street. Uh, no kidding, yeah. It's literally that. But this movie isn't so much about the plot as it is just the shit that's happening. Like, when you get to watch it and you see the ridiculousness, that's what draws you in more than Dalton is here to clean up a fucking bar and he's going to be a hero, we all know. But the rest of the shit in between is so fucking weird. Like, the filler. Yeah, yeah, like, the little in-between that are, like, non-plot sensitive to, like, I guess kind of flesh out Patrick Swayze is less of just, like, a cold bouncer fella and, like, more of a human. He has feelings, maybe, especially when yeah. he gets with that hospital lady, the nurse. It's just like, um... I'm pretty sure what? she's a doctor. Yeah, it's almost like, especially when they get to the uh, the sex scene or whatever, it's like the director handed the script to his 14-year-old son. He's like, hey, I got something for a little project <laughs> for you. Just fill in this little gap, like Mad Libs. It'll be okay. <laughs> It's a Mad Lib. Yeah, have we talked about uh, where he's living during all this? I guess he showed up to this guy's farm and he had a, a room for rent. He's going to rent it for $100 a month and it's basically like a loft over his barn. Okay, can we please fucking discuss how this man has a New York quality studio loft above his fucking barn and he lives in like a shack house <laughs> well i mean it doesn't have television doesn't have anything really there's like, radio that was, yeah that was the thing like he's like oh man i had like a bunch of other applicants and they didn't want to be here because they just got nothing and he's like, well mr swayze why do you want it so bad 
he was just like, huh, I just like your beard. I don't know. Fucking, I just need a place. Yeah, it Dude, looks like a good place to fuck. That loft is so goddamn nice, though. It is. It's a really good-looking loft. I just imagine it smells terrible. What are those? Oh, man. <laughs> what are those windows called? Like, they're like doors and you pull them open? No. Because he's got those with fucking gorgeous flowing curtains to let in the moonlit mm. nights. <laughs> it, yeah, those are bay windows, and he also hey. lets in the morning sunlight specifically on his ass. For Tai Chi. <laughs> yeah, the, one of the, the waitresses shows up at one point. Uh, I don't know how she finds out where he lives, but she shows up and is like, hey, here's some breakfast for you. And he's just like, oh, thanks. Gets up completely buck-ass naked. Yeah. yeah I thought hammer- she was going to be a bigger part of this movie, actually. Yeah, of course. Like, the way they kind of, like, frame it. Like, you feel like she's going to be in the movie at all, but really... Joan Jett doesn't get very much screen time, whatever. More like Moan Jett. Oh. She's just fucking worked for Tudor's Biscuit World. <laughs> she oh, got bring Mary B. <laughs> oh, no. I, I saw that and I was like, man, I really miss Tudor's right now. Tudor's, sponsor us and send me a big tater in L.A. Oh, so Patrick Swayze, in the process of cleaning up the double deuce, is also cleaning up the town and becoming mm-hmm. a local celebrity slash hero he gets a cut, and it's fairly severe when this guy comes in with a boot knife. He's like, I'm going to kick your ass. He's like, you're too stupid to have a good time, and he beats him up. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, you're too stupid to have an ass. <laughs> That's pretty Maybe. good. But like, the, way the, fight, the way the fight is framed, like he takes a swing at him, and he catches it so ferociously. I thought he was just going to bend his leg back and just throw yes. him outside. That's what should have happened. And instead, he's just like, we'll take it outside. He's like, okay, well, let's take it outside. And the dudes walk outside. He's like, okay, I win. And he just walks back inside. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't really intended to be comical, but it was because it's just like, all right, we're done here. Yeah. yeah it's like 100% all he did, realistic. All Patrick Swayze did was bully the guy. He's like, shoved him outside, took his boot off, and threw it on top of the building. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. But Patrick Swayze, at some point, during one of these scuffles, gets cut. Oh, he's cut, ladies and gentlemen. And he has to go to the hospital. And we are treated to him meeting Doc McLovin's. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, I believe her actual name in this film is Hot Doctor. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) She's the doctor from Samurai Cop. You want to (laughs) fuck? Oh, (laughs) fuck no. Keep it hot. And wet. That's oh. <laughs> so <fucking> bad. <laughs> so, Swayze's already like on the little table or whatever, getting his idol stapled up and everything. Got Doctor over there swooning over every bullshit fortune cookie line he has to say to her. Like, he already has this like shit planned. Of course he does, because he has a philosophy degree from NYU. <laughs> so that's why Dude. he has those New York plates. It yeah. fucking kills me the way that he delivers these you know like if arnold was to be like pain doesn't hurt <laughs> you'd get it but when patrick swayze goes pain doesn't hurt it's almost like it's that kid that's trying to be really fucking cool in high school you know what i mean like he just fell off he's in agonizing pain but he won't show it because he's like nah people gotta think i'm cool definitely ben shapiro circa samurai sword <laughs> oh no <laughs> matrix pizza oh no pizza time pizza time <laughs> Fuck. and of course the doctor just melts immediately 
everything he has to say, she's like immediately whatever. And he's like, hey, well, how about, you know, we go we go do something later on, you know? He's like, hey, why don't you come down to my place of work and I can, like, buy you a coffee? Spoiler alert, the coffee is free because he works there. <laughs> Cheap I, date. I called it a win-win. Fucking scumbag. And so... <laughs> scumbag crazy throwing people out or whatever and she shows up all dolled to the nines and you're supposed to you know think that she's out of this world attractive and when yeah. you, you go eh? honestly she was way better looking at work oh yes. for sure like even the missus was like roasting her hair the yeah. whole time it's like what she do like comb it from like one side to the other she looked like a minecraft head there for a little bit <laughs> the 80s were a hell of a time but dude, dude like you're absolutely right like she rolls up completely dolled up dress makeup hair all did and like she shows up and he's in the middle of a scuffle and one of the hardest fights in the movie <laughs> yeah but then, but they do end up uh, getting a cup of coffee right that's what they do it's just like all right i'm done here let's go to this diner because what else are we going to do in this shithole town because it's quaint i don't know i'm pretty sure it was daytime when they're at the diner or much lighter than it should have been and then they go back to do the sexing oh man and- they totally do. <laughs> Dude, he delivers that fucking line. I don't want you to think I'm a good guy because I'm not a good guy. And the whole time you're like, fuck you, Patrick Swayze. You're like the goodest guy. Yeah, no kidding. Like, I guess he takes her back to her. I guess he takes her back to his loft or whatever just to show her his sword collection. Was like, Is that what we're leaning towards here? Yes. She's like, you got anything to keep me up? And he was like, I got this deal. Yeah. <laughs> And, oh man. my love, <laughs> my darling. That's what's playing on the radio whenever the old dude across the fucking lake is watching. <laughs> dude, he was such a creepy voyeur moment because, like, they banging out. They have like a moment, whatever no. you want to call it. Okay, no, no, I, I'm not. I'm not content with skipping through this scene. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Frame by frame analyzation on, on the fucking <laughs> amount of Patrick Swayze ass we're subjected to. No, it's it's the whole thing is just how fucking awkward this sex scene is. Both of them look incredibly uncomfortable the entire time. He's like holding her up, you know, legs around the waist or whatever, up against this like stone wall. Um, why is there yeah. a stone wall in this barn, by the way? But he's up against this stone wall that can't be comfortable for her. And also, he's straining. Oh, for sure. Like, it's just like, I, get, I don't want to say small Patrick Swayze, but just Patrick Swayze lifting a, a grown woman up and just trying to, like, I don't know, sex. Yeah, like, still try and have some rhythm and fail completely. It's one of the most awkward sex scenes that I've ever seen. Well, they're doing that thing with her that kind of ruins it because in every scene that they're next to each other, he's standing on something because he's, like, a little bit taller than her. And in real life, they're the same size. So whenever he picks her up and he's carrying her, she so looks you think so he's standing on a box? Big. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, either that or some risers like uh, Tom Cruise or something. Dude, because he yeah. stands, he stands uh, right next to Terry Funk, like he's gonna beat him up or whatever, and they're eye to eye. And Terry Funk is like oh, six yeah. three. Yeah, oh, he's, shit, he's a big right. guy. Oh man, wouldn't it be hilarious? Like no matter who he's talking to, when the camera's just showing him and another person, <laughs> he just has to tower over them. <laughs> just gigantic. And another thing before we leave the the little scene with uh, Hot Doctor, she is just a terrible actress. She can't deliver lines to save her soul. She's bad. Get her out of here. Man, I don't know if it's the actors or actresses this time around, because like given this sex scene, 
I feel like they have no direction. Like, no. It's just some director for hire. Like, hey, go fuck. And like, what? Do yeah, some just... sex stuff for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. And then maybe do it again a little bit later. Yeah, it's the guys from Casting Couch. <laughs> oh, no. They just roasted him. But see, that's the thing. Like, he's supposed to be a bad guy like, or a tough guy. And he's making love. Like, this is sensual love. This is like Demi Moore ghost fucking. You know, this isn't I'm a bouncer that's going to take out all my testosterone on you by pinning your fucking ankles next to your ears and just power fucking you. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. Nice. And then David Attenborough's narration just like ekes in through the movie. As you see here, <laughs> the, the, the greatest of the great, the alpha bouncer, taking out his testosterone, this poor, poor lassie. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you talk about a beautiful woman here and you're not going to, you're going to make love to her. You're going to make love to her. I don't know, man. Sounds kind of gay. Like he bangs it out super hard. And like he just gets up, puts his pants on. And she tries to talk to him. And he's just like roadhouse <laughs> like and leaves. <laughs> It's fucking roadhouse. This fucking roundhouse kicks her out the window. <laughs> Probably would have been better, but no, we get uh, a little bit later, or is it the next morning? I don't remember. They're out on the fucking like awning or whatever, and they start banging it out again. Yeah. And the old rich guy from across the way is just over there staring at him like a like a shit hawk, like a shit hawk. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so you got the voyeur guy, and he's watching. And they disclosed this information so late in the movie that it would have made sense way earlier. Apparently, yeah. old dude across the water is hot for old girl. And she was like, mm-mm-mm, uh-uh, honey. But Patrick Swayze's slam dancing all up on it. So <laughs> he gets angry and hires some dudes to stop the liquor flow to the double deuce. Meanwhile, also <laughs> getting a monster truck and driving it through some guy's dealership. Mr. Wesley, you think it's a good idea to cut off their liquor? And he looked dead in the camera. I am the liquor. <laughs> I am the liquor. Yeah, like, we have we haven't talked about this monster truck. It's just sort of like a recurring, not a character, but it just shows up. It's like some of his goons just like to roll around in a monster truck sometimes. Well, this time, I'm going to roll it through this fucking Cadillac dealership or whatever it is. Yeah, oh. it's also, it's super shoehorned how they just show that fella. He just has a monster truck, and you're just like, that's something, I guess. Oh, they're yeah. going to use it later. That's why that's there. Okay. Dude, can we please discuss Jimmy, the main bad guy? Fat, what do they call him, Tigger? And he's the fat dude. They're sitting in the monster truck. This is this is the prelude to Patrick Swayze banging old girl. They're supposed to be killing Patrick Swayze or ambushing him or beating up his car, some shit. And instead, they watch him get into the car and drive away with old girl, and they're just like, ha ah, beat the back out of it. <laughs> they want to kill him, but there's camaraderie for him getting some ass. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I don't know. I was kind of confused about the whole monster truck at the car dealership thing anyway. It looked like it was a big to-do. The whole town looked to be there. Half of them were cheering him on. Was this I mean, like yeah. a charity thing or something? Or Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Run over Sunday. everything in your dealership Sunday. Did they sell tickets to this? I, it, I, it's I don't a, know. Maybe it's just such a small town. It's like, you won't believe what's happened down there at the Ford dealership. Like, what? They've got a monster truck and everything. And they're like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Are they selling corn dogs? <laughs> now, at this point, liquor has been cut off from the Double Deuce. And... Patrick Swayze has called in help from the best goddamn bouncer this side of who the fuck cares. Yeah. And 
it's Sam Elliott. And he shows up just in the nick of time as Patrick Swayze is getting jumped. Jumped! Might as well jump Patrick Swayze out on the dock. He swaggers into the bar, too, because, like, he's getting his shit pushed in. Very audible from the bar area, by the way. You just hear the punches and the grunts. And he just walks and like, hey, you see a little skinny shit named Patrick Swayze? Like, yeah, he's in the bag getting his shit pushed in. You can help out if you want to, you know, anytime. And he just like saunters back there and it's like, well, maybe I'll take a look at it. And he does. He stands there for a second as Patrick Swayze, like you said, gets his shit absolutely pushed in. <laughs> Samuel walks in the back. He sees the, the kerfuffle happening. And the big old tall fellow's like, hey, what are you doing in here, dickhead? And Sam <laughs> Elliott fires back with my favorite line in the entire film. He's like, well... I ain't going to show you my dick. Followed by immediate haymaker to the guy's crotch. Kerfuffle ensues. Of course, the good guys win. Much liquor is broken, but <laughs> the booze flows that night. And it, it looks fucking tropical in that place. Ooh, speaking of tropical. What I've got here today is from Bell's Brewing Company out of Comstock, Michigan. This is their tropical Oberon. Now, I'm pretty familiar with their regular mainline Oberon. It's a wheat ale brewed with mango, guava, and passion fruit. Smells a lot like passion fruit, just uniformly like artificial passion fruit. Just like these love scenes. Absolutely just like these love scenes in that this is bad. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I can tell that this is a wheat ale, but there is nothing wheat about it. This is like thick it's overly fruited or flavored. There's just not a whole lot to enjoy here, guys. Um, it's not especially sweet, but there's a little bit of sweetness there. It's just there's way too much of that. That that It might be artificial fruit flavor. It might be actual fruit, but it tastes artificial to me just because it's so thick and cloying. And <laughs> like for a beer that's supposed to be crisp and refreshing, this is anything but. It's thick and sweet and... And it's not good. Thick, cloying, and artificial. And you said this had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of artificial in this movie, especially coming up. Have we mentioned the titties? There's a lot of titties in this movie, too. Just randomly, too. Because, like, uh, later on in the movie, uh, the bad guy comes in with a woman who's just supposed to just dance around or whatever. Just make a ruckus. <laughs> almost like a plant. To make sure, like, Patrick Swayze jumps on her. Because she's obviously breaking the rules. She comes <laughs> in. And just starts dancing on the stage behind the blind man John or whatever. Takes off her top, runs around. Patrick Swayze, unfazed, just like does a little finger thing like, hey, come here. Let's go. Let's get out of here. She's like, nah, titties in your face. <laughs> yeah, earlier in the movie, we actually see a, again from her, like, I don't know what her name is. She's just like the hot blonde that's supposed to be a distraction for like five minutes. But a little bit earlier in the movie, there's a scene where like she's by herself. She's not with like uh, rich Mr. Wesley or whatever. She's just by herself and like pulls... Uh, Swayze over and is like, hey, I know you're supposed to be this tough guy, but what would you say if I asked you to come back to my place and fuck me? And Swayze, again, is just like, no. Yeah, like that whole thing. Look, I get what they were going for, but this is what the outcome was. So Lackey McBag guy comes in. He's like, what are you doing? Whatever, Patrick Swayze, you're such you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. Patrick Swayze hasn't moved, said a fucking word. She literally rolled his like, give me that dick. And then the other guy's like, don't take his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this was purely like a plot by him to just try and like get in between Swayze and Hot Doctor. Or no. maybe it was just like, I don't know, this throw a distraction on the screen for five minutes. Yeah. This was his way to try to get Patrick Swayze hard 
before he delivered that line. Also, all the blood's rushing to that certain area like he can't fight or anything, right? Yeah. All right. So what do we have left? There's like a big explosion coming up. And this is where we really start yeah. like the end of the movie, which is just action after action after ridiculous action. The, um, the action is absurd. Like the fights are fine. They're actually quite fun. But man, somewhere in the making of this movie, they're just like, let's blow up half this fucking town. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. It all starts after this. And the guy's like, you fucked up, Dalton. I'm going to kill you and your buddy, Dalton, because I'm rich. <laughs> He's and... just a Bond villain at that point. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Dalton goes, oh, pain don't hurt. And me and my buddy here, and he's like, well, settle down there, me ho. And <laughs> out of fucking nowhere, cut to them that night, and they're closing up the bar. Sam Elliott comes walking in, beat to shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he tried to play it off like, oh, I'm, I'm dying from the inside out, but you should see what happened to the other fellow. <laughs> I got the tuberculosis, Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was after uh, this was after the first big explosion right at the auto parts place. And yeah. man, it is a huge explosion. It's an and, absurd explosion. And the stuntman who was supposed to play Patrick Swayze gets fucking launched into a truck and everything <laughs> just boom, nails him. The fellow that owns the place just walks up. He's just like, Slams his head on the ground. Darn it. <laughs> He's just like, whatever. Yeah. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> they do it next week. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. The uh, the next thing we see is uh, Swayze's back at his, his own place, his uh, little loft place, and the hot doctor shows up. Really just as an excuse, I feel like, to, to finish out the movie. She's just there to be like, hey, I don't know, like we should go or I don't remember what she's there for at all. Now that I think about it, why the fuck is she there? You're hundred percent right. She's like, Hey, we should fucking beat feet Alley here. And he goes, okay, I'll meet you at X place. So whenever he goes back to get Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott's laying on the table, taking a little nippy nap. Is yeah. it a nap? Well, unfortunately after getting his shit pushed in, he woke up dead. Um, Patrick, Swayze, <laughs> Patrick Swayze was rightfully been out of shape. The guy's basically like his father figure and it was actually super effective. Right. So like, he comes back, Samuel it's dead on the, the bar with a knife stuck at him with a note. And like he has that moment where it's like, he can't grab the knife because this oh this isn't real. It couldn't happen to my buddy. And then full fucking old boy revenge mode. Like the switch oh, yeah. has been flipped and this is now just murder fest. Yeah, that was basically uh John Wick's dog. So <laughs> Oh, it's just Sam Elliott. <laughs> they stole my Mercedes and killed my Sam Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> They killed my Sam <laughs> Elliott. Goddamn it, Miho! Oh, the car. He he sends this car in ahead of him against all the goons, and they're like, "Fucking fire will!" And they start shooting yeah. at this Mercedes as it careens over a wall and does a double flip. And this one dude's like, "I got it, boss!" Blows it's... it up midair, and it's an incredible explosion. Like it's so absurd. <laughs> Incredible is the right word if you take, like, the actual meaning and not, like, the common meaning. It is not credible. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ridiculous explosion. He's got this car. He's got he's got the knife stuck in the, the gas pedal of this car. And it's just coming straight at this old rich man's house. You got four good old boys out there with shotguns. And like you said, yeah. it does a full-on barrel roll over this, like, shrubbery. <laughs> do a barrel roll, Fox. It does a barrel roll and it explodes in midair. It's awesome and ridiculous and yeah. ludicrous. 
Dude, 100%. It should have had that music from Last Action Hero. The wow, 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 wow. Boom, yeah. But unbeknownst to the fellas shooting at the car in midair, they open it up. Boom, no Patrick Swayze. Only a knife. The knife that killed Sam Elliott. And then he goes... He goes on a kung fu hustle spree to where everyone's got shotguns, but he's like, I don't like guns. I'm Steven Seagal. Wait a minute. Steven Seagal uses guns. I'm not going to use guns, though. Kung fu. I'm going to kick you in the knee. I mean, man, the way Patrick Swayze infiltrates this place feels like a horror movie because you fucking have Cheeseburger Boy over there. He's walking around. He's like, oh, man, where's all my fellas? He turns a corner and the guy's just fucking dead. Just like twisted into a pretzel. Oh, no, that was dead, too. Oh, no. He just turns the corner. Oh, my other buddy's dead. And he goes into the animal trophy room. He's like, oh, I hate this goddamn room. Yeah, this guy, like, I don't know if we've really described him. He's, uh, he looks like either Tucker or Dale. I don't remember which one is which, but the fat one. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got that big old gut with suspenders, and he's just yeah. basically soft inside and out. But he's he the, looks he's like, like a big old piggy wearing a trucker hat. <laughs> yes. He's the antagonist's last form of defense, unfortunately. And, like, I don't even understand how this happens, but, like, he's freaked out by all the dead animals and everything. And he takes one look at the polar bear, and it just falls on him. Like, did no, Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze is behind it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I assume Swayze, Swayze was behind it. Yeah, I forgot he was, like, running around that place like a spider monkey. He's doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. No, he was running around the house like a fucking Power Ranger. Yes. Go, go, Power yeah. Ranger. Yeah, he looked like a Power Ranger scooting around that. Now... We, we did we skip did. over something, but yeah, yeah. it's super easy to catch up on. Uh, the reason that he's walking through these men so easily is because he has already single-handedly defeated his main lackey, oh, Jimmy. Yeah. I fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A big, that's the shit they're going to print on his tombstone, by the way. The actor's tombstone. <laughs> oh, yeah what had happened is uh, i guess they one of the the lackeys the the main lackey blew up the old man's house that he was renting from so he tries to scoot away on a dirt bike swayze like dive bomb catches yeah. him we have a little tussle Dude, absolutely swayze turns into the t-1000 and just <laughs> swashbuckles that guy off the, the dirt bike that's a good fucking call because he is just like <laughs> oh, and no. They get into a fight, and he's like, I'm going to get you. And he's like, you're an asshole, Jimmy, and rips the man's fucking throat out with three fingers. Hey, he wasn't using it. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who could be like verse or like switch or one of those other terms that I've learned from my roommate. I don't know. Like the entire time, Swayze was just trying to avoid his third leg whipping around. So. <laughs> For real. Yeah, no, th- through the whole through the whole uh, little fight scene, I was thinking, man, this is kind of homoerotic. And then he says that line, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. And it's at that point, you're like, whoa, Swayze's yeah. like, whoa, everybody's like, whoa, is this I'm uncomfortable now. Yeah, everybody is <laughs> like the breaks in this movie were slammed. It screeches to a halt. He's like. Listen, I'm going to have to rip your throat out now because of the dumbest shit that ever came out of it. <laughs> he goes, no, no, wait, wait. You don't understand. It's about dominance. And he's like, ah! Rips <laughs> his throat out. Some gay shit uh, came out of that throat. Now it needs to go in the river. Yeah. And how, I don't want to call it epic, but how insanely violent that moment was. I, it almost feels like that was the original end of the movie. And they're just like, no, no, no. You got to take out the rich bad guy, too. Don't worry about yeah, it. Got to get the old rich guy, bad guy. Yeah. So we, like, fast forward, you know, uh, Cheeseburger Boy gets knocked out by the bear or whatever. So it's just Mono, a Mono, Patrick Swayze versus Old Rich Guy, Wesley, and... Old Rich God. Guy's got a gun, though. Okay, 
I, I was going to say, that. listen, Patrick Swayze can hold his own. For whatever reason, the movie's like, no, 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 the old guy has to get some really good hits in that make no fucking sense. Dude, and this old guy fighting him looks so fucking bad. Like, Patrick Swayze's yeah. selling for him. But the old guy's just like, yeah, yeah. Looks like he's trying to hit him with pillows or something. It's so it's clumsy. Like, we go from a fight that's really rambunctious and violent, and we should, then we go to, like, the retirement home where Patrick Swayze yeah. has to take him out, you know? <laughs> now, this is like 1987 Rowdy Roddy Piper fighting 2003 Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh. Damn. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> It's pretty rough. And, like, the movie kind of, like, gets wind of its own bullshit because, like, listen, we got to give this man a gun because this is going to take forever. <laughs> now, yeah, he, he kicks the gun away immediately, beats him up a little bit, and then he pulls out a knife and he's going to stab him. But he doesn't, he doesn't get to. Okay, what I had in my mind going into this, I was watching this, and, like, the bad guy looks like, what's his name, Harry Shearer. Uh, Harry Shearer is in an episode of Friends, and the the idea is that, like, Oh, you know, he's going to th- go to this, like, zoo. It's a private zoo, though. And we we fight monkeys versus, like, other animals. And he's like, well, you got to give the guy something. We'll give we'll give the monkey a knife. You got to give something or else it's just cruelty. <laughs> all that I could think of that was, was like, you got, all that I could think of was like, yeah, you got to give the old guy a gun or else it's just cruelty. But the movie doesn't give him the time afterwards, which is I'm grateful for, but. It just makes it even more clumsy. Like the town heads, like the owner, the the double douche, and the guy who got his car place blowed up. They show up with shotguns and they just, you know, they start blasting. Yeah. Yes, it's like the ending of Natural Born Killers. Whenever they shoot fucking Wayne Guile, something like that, or that little bit from Hard to Kill and Steven Seagal's getting just loaded up. Cause like <laughs> he like. Yeah, he got blasted in the belly, and he's just like, nah, I still got you. What this reminded me of was there's this story that, that's gone around. Like, I've, I've watched it on a couple of different YouTube videos, but it's like there's this old man, not an old man, but like there's this old man who was just like physically and verbally abusive to like everyone in his town, and he ended up oh, like beating yeah, up his this. wife and all this stuff. And then at one point, the entire town just like came by, and like they all had their shotguns and just like shot him, and then... You know, there were no witnesses because everybody was there. Yeah, it, it happens exactly the same in the movie. Like, the cops yeah. are like, what the hell happened? And I was like, you see something? It's like, nah, man, I didn't see nothing. You see something? I no, I didn't see anything. And Cheeseburger Boy's just like, uh, a uh, bear fell on me? <laughs> His delivery of that line is so good. They're like, Tigger, do you see anything? A bear fell on me. <laughs> and the movie oh. just cuts to the next scene, yeah. too. Just like, whop. And the next scene is just like the end of the movie. It's like Hot Doctor and Patrick Swayze just like swimming naked. That's the end of the movie. It's a little gross too because they're just like, I don't know. The water just looks like what's left after you boil ramen. <laughs> Wait, you have water left after you boil ramen? Yeah, you know, it's just cloudy. Whatever. No, 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 no. no that's for the soup. <laughs> no, you, you sprinkle the powder in there. It makes well, soup I mean, like broth. You don't have to. I take yeah, my noodles out. Yeah, I drain it and add other water. Throw starch in there. Yeah, you need the starch for the the broth to adhere to the noodle. Nah, man, you powder the noodles and stir them up, like while yeah. they're damp. We should uh, <laughs> we should get back to the movie. Anyways, so they're out there swimming, you know, because he's still got his barn loft from fucking New York or whatever, and he's already saved the town, so now he's gonna run it. Fuck, you know, Sam Elliott, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> 
It's fine. Emmett doesn't have a home anymore, but he's like, all right, we killed a man. Let's go swimming. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the only person that made it out with anything was the guy who owned the double deuce because the car place is destroyed. The dude's house is gone. The guy's car dealership is completely fucked. The only thing left is Patrick Swayze's loft and the fucking bar. That's it. Thank God for insurance, right? Like, they all had insurance, right? Um, a bear fell on me. State Farm, get at us. Give us that discount double deuce. No? Okay, I tried. So that was uh, fucking Roadhouse from 1989. What What were your final thoughts? Goodness, this was, uh, this was a movie. This was like a, a manly movie. A little too manly sometimes. And it almost like this movie was written by a horny 14-year-old. <laughs> and I didn't know how to handle some of this stuff. But as a whole picture, it's actually a really good time. Like, plus or minus bad acting or bad anything else. I just, it's well-paced. It doesn't overstay its welcome. The action is really good. A lot of fun. And as wholesome as you can get for a movie about bar fights and capitalism. I'm 100% on board with that last little bit. It's as wholesome as you can get. For the content involved, and that's very impressive on its own. I guess. This movie is fucking ridiculous, I'll just tell you that. Especially the second half, it just starts with ridiculousness and doesn't stop. It's not a good movie, I'll I'll be the first to say that, I don't know if you guys agree. This is not a good movie, but it's really fucking fun. No, we're absolutely on the same page. So on that note, that was Roadhouse. If you have any strong feelings about the movie or the show, leave it in the comment section below. Please leave some comments down there. Tell us what you think about Roadhouse. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button too. Make sure you hit the little bell icon as well so you know next time we got another one brewing. Get up there and follow us on all of our different social medias. We got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Thanks to the Anchor app. We're out here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. Don't forget YouTube, y'all. Like, you don't ever get to see our faces, but we're all pretty homely anyway, so no worries. <laughs> No, like I'm pretty solid. We're all pretty swayzy right now. <laughs> Roadhouse. Nailed it.